Hello, everybody. How are you? I hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. Today, we're sticking with the meditations. We're in book three, and we're looking at number four. So Marcus wrote to himself, don't waste the rest of your time here worrying about other people, unless it affects the common good. So this is the first line, and what actually is a pretty long entry here. And I want to stop here and talk about this, right? Because to me, this is a really good two-part sentence or two-part idea, let's say, that almost embodies stoicism like perfectly, right? Don't waste your time here as in on earth worrying. That's part one. The Stoics, I, I sometimes, you know, I fear when I teach Stoicism or even when I'm reading it myself that I fall into the trap of thinking that, or even let's say forgetting how important it is for the Stoics to be of service to others, how that's a driving force of the whole philosophy, right? Even the sentence starts off with the idea that he's telling himself to not worry, right? So Stoicism wants you to have inner freedom, right? Ataraxia is the Greek word. Stoicism wants you to work on mastering yourself, which is sort of generally to say your reasonable thinking skills, your rational thinking skills, control your emotions. You're able to discern or tell what is true, what is not true. You're able to pursue virtue and control yourself, right? So in this sense, he's asking himself really to control himself. Don't waste time thinking about other people. Right? And that could, that could sound selfish. And that's one of my fears for Stoicism too, because especially given the nature of some of these texts, right, meditations being one of them, you kind of get like little excerpts, right? Um, so if you take, I mean, this is, I think you could say this with almost any work of writing or any aspect of philosophy, but if you like check in at the wrong moment and make assumptions or don't ask questions, right, you might just think, oh, the Stoics only care about you being at peace and you not worrying and they tell you to reject the world. It's really the opposite of that, right? Which is why I love this first sentence so much because he includes both. He cares profoundly as the emperor, as a Stoic for the common good. And that really was a hugely important part of Stoicism in general. I'm reading another Ryan Holiday book now called The Lies of the Stoics, and I'm only a few chapters in, and he makes the point, and I, I think I make this mistake often, unfortunately, I want to correct it. You know, we assume that all the Stoics agree, which they didn't, right? There are a lot of different disagreements. That being said, I do think it's generally a characteristic of the Stoic school of philosophy, and I would say of Marcus for sure as a Stoic student and as an emperor, that they cared profoundly about the common good, right? The Stoics believed in global citizenship, I mean, which at that time was a very revolutionary idea because historically speaking, <coughs> sorry, the ancient Greek city-states were constantly at war with each other, right? Even when you look at Socrates, right, in the Apology, like he's obsessed with being an Athenian. So you even get the sense from someone who's, you know, the Western philosopher, right, that there was that sense of, of – uh, patriotism, let's say that in the ancient Greek city-states in that context would lead to pride. And again, they were at war with each other constantly, right? The Stoics were like, wait a minute, we're all global citizens. It was a very powerful idea. It's a very powerful idea now. And it was a very powerful and even revolutionary idea then in, in Greek thinking and Roman thinking, right? So this idea of caring for the common good, this notion that we're all woven in and connected together is a profoundly important part of their philosophy that we have to consider. So when he's saying, don't worry about other people, he, he has to catch himself, which he does. And I think that's a really good balance, 
right? We'll get to some of the day-to-day potential like implications of this. But before we get to that, I want to just reiterate this point that the Stoics were profoundly interested in serving society. You see that in the fact that a lot of them were in fact civil servants, right? Teachers, other professions as well, um, that were all, well, that were many of them were geared towards service. So Stoicism was viewed as a way to improve one's capacity to help those around them. Even some of the colder stuff from Epictetus, right, where he's saying to remind yourself that your family members are mortal, your children even, right? A large part of that is so you do the premeditation of the evil so you're ready if, God forbid, something happens. You don't want it to happen, but you also want to be the person in uh, in the hospital, right, who's by the bedside of the person they love who can hear the doctor, You can't be paralyzed with grief so much so that you can't perform the act of service or that at the very least you can't be loving in a way you can be proud of when you're saying goodbye to the person, right? So the idea that we prepare so we can serve, I think is a powerful idea, right? And the four stoic virtues, which again, I think we kind of get a sense of this with this one sentence too, justice, honesty, self-control, and courage. All of those connect to service. I think most clearly is justice, right? Of course, we could think about being fair with ourselves, but also justice is largely a moral conversation, right? How you treat others. We have to treat others fairly and justly. Honesty, of course, both. Be honest with yourself, be honest to others. Self-control even. Think about it once again, day-to-day life. If you can't control yourself, your emotions, that's going to affect your family relationships, Right? And courage, once again, is both ethical and moral. Right, You have to cultivate courage internally, but ultimately, if you don't have any courage, you're not going to be as able to make the world a better place as someone who has some confidence. You're not going to take any risks. You're not going to speak up. You're not going to stand up for yourself. You're not going to stand up for others. Courage is necessary. Right, So all these virtues really work together to hopefully strive towards cultivating a healthy inner life and a healthy outer life, which is to say, like we offer the best things we can to the world, right? So I love this first line, the idea that it's a waste of time to worry about other people unless it affects the common good should help us lead peaceful lives internally and also should help us, of course, be as morally um, righteous as possible as well. And I think this is also a great way to like to go with the mantra I use a little bit to change the channel in our minds. If we catch ourselves thinking about other people's opinions, whether it's, oh, that they, they don't like me, or maybe we're jealous of other people, right? We're thinking of other people, our attention's drawn to others. And Marcus spends a lot of time in the meditations encouraging himself not to do that. Once again, back, I think a little bit to the idea that we can't control other people. But also, like, it's literally impossible, right, to read someone's mind. So we spend all of our energy, and it's a waste of that energy. Right? Even just the first, the first like, few words is, don't waste the rest of your time here, right? Well, how else are you wasting your time? Because he's saying here, right, if you're spending your time thinking about other people, and it doesn't involve helping, right, it doesn't involve the common good, stop doing that thing. So that's the, that's the channel change, right? The question redirects us when we find ourselves thinking about other people, right? When we find ourselves maybe planning to have to, you know, confront somebody or, um, and let's say like we're doing that in a way that isn't rational or helpful, right? Because again, the premeditatio malorum says, if you know you're going to have to deal with someone difficult, 
right? Prepare for that. Also, as we saw with Marcus, right, last episode, he every day preps himself a little bit. But here, I think he's redirecting himself. Once again, he's changing the channel. Past a certain point, that is a waste of time, right? And all of those things too, those preparations help us serve the common good or they don't because they're just jealousy or they're just selfishness or they're untruthful or they're irrational or they're unjust. So this one sense is kind of like a testing, let's say like a testing ground for the premeditation malorum as well. Because what Marcus is saying in that, like I'm going to deal with someone, for example, who is ungrateful. He doesn't leave it there as we saw. He says, and I'm not going to get angry with them. I'm going to try to guide them. I'm, I'm not going to fault them for that even. I'm going to try to get rid of my, uh, my inclination to blame others. And we go back to that Socratic and Stoic idea that people only mess up because they don't know any better. Which again, we can argue that along with all of this, but ultimately that's definitely their stance. So what are your thoughts of others? Are they positive? Are they negative? Do they or do they not connect to this idea of the common good? Which of course doesn't mean that everything that we think about others should be good. We could say and think this person messed up, but what is our intention, right? Is our intention to help them and guide them? That's back to the common good. Or is it to prove that we're right or that we're smarter or that we, wait a minute, that's not what we should be doing. That's a waste of time. And a life, I think, guided by a stoic sense of service that we get with this first sentence is a life well-led, right? I think for me, this even got me thinking like, you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I have a very healthy relationship with my family members, right? Especially my media family. And this got me thinking like, how could I be even more conscious about that, right? Because I get impatient with them too, right? We all do that, I'm sure. Um, and I want to stop that. How do I work on controlling myself back to the virtues, right? Self-control. And then my question I thought to myself was like, all right, well, maybe I should ask myself every day, like, how could I bring joy to these people that have given me so much? And that question, just even the question made me feel good. I'm like, oh, that'd be a good way to spend my time thinking that every day. Just the thought of that in that moment felt like a good way to spend my time, right? And of course, that is 100% thinking about um, other people right? That question of how can I bring joy to the people in my life? What if you wrote that down every day and tried to answer for two, man like for two minutes, then actually tried to take action on it? How might that change your day? How might that change their day? It's very interesting to me. This question of how do we spend our time? How could we spend it differently? This is an aim for that. Aim it at the common good and change the channel when you're thinking about other people in a way that's a waste of time that isn't for the common good. How can you bring joy to the people around you? Or how can you treat the people around you fairly with honesty? How could you express yourself more courageously towards the common good? Because I think a lot of times too, and this is, actually I'll read the next part of this. Hold on. Yeah. This goes right into courage, right? The next sentence of Marcus's uh, meditations is the following. It will keep you from doing anything useful. If that is to say, if you're worrying about what other people are thinking right? Or what they might think of you. You'll be too preoccupied with what so-and-so is doing and why, and what they're saying and what they're thinking and what they're up to and all the other things that throw you off and keep you from focusing on your own mind, right? Because it's with your own mind that you can make sure that you're treating people justly, honestly, and courageously, right? What damages our confidence? Well, a lot of times, unfortunately, what damages our confidence is other people's opinions, 
the School of Life has a great essay on this, on confidence, right? Where they talk about the idea that unfortunately confidence can be damaged by the internalization of external voices. We have to go back and look at these voices. Why am I nervous to speak up at the meeting at work? Why am I nervous to confront this person? Or maybe why am I not nervous to confront people, but why am I nervous to do something else? Right? We're all confident in different ways and we're all lacking in confidence in certain areas. We have to go back and think about these voices from our childhood or even from yesterday that might be impacting our confidence. So Marcus here is giving us a roadmap to have healthier inner dialogues in regards to how we think about others. Guided towards the common good and understand that if you're spending too much time not doing that, which is to say thinking about other people and not connecting to the common good, but getting wrapped up instead in what he just said, what they're thinking, why they might be thinking it, you're almost naturally for him wasting time. That's time you could have spent cultivating confidence. And I think in addition to that, the unfortunate reality is we have a tendency to think other people are thinking poorly of us when most of the time they're not thinking about us at all. Everyone's in their own world, right? And that has a tendency to damage our confidence. So think about this first paragraph. Hope this was helpful. Hope some of the questions get you thinking. And I'll stop it here and we'll probably do the next episode um, with the following paragraph from this section. So thank you for listening. Hope this was helpful. Talk to you soon.